Thank you and welcome to Scripture on Creation. I'm Scott Kump. And I'm Dr. Ben Scripture. Dr. Scripture, in today's program, you want to address a question that came up in a discussion you were having with some people in a Bible study about the Ten Commandments. Yes, Scott. As we considered all Ten Commandments that are listed in Exodus chapter 20, someone noted that there was nothing in the commandments about eating pork, which is a fairly well-known prohibition for the Jews. Oh, that's right. There isn't a thou shalt not about anything related to food, is there? I never really thought about that before. So where are the laws about what the Israelites could and could not eat? Well, there are actually several different passages in the Pentateuch. One large section on dietary law is in Leviticus chapter 11. In that chapter alone, 24 verses make reference to clean animals the Israelites could eat or unclean animals they were not to eat. There's also a large section in Deuteronomy, mainly chapter 14, which basically repeats the instructions in Leviticus. Those are the two main passages describing what an Israelite could and could not eat. Now, we're not going to take the time to read all of those instructions, but let's read some of them. Scott, I want you to read what it says at the end of Leviticus 11, because verses 46 and 47 summarize what the preceding verses lay out in detail. Okay, Leviticus 11, 46 and 47. This is the law regarding the animal and the bird and every living thing that moves in the waters and everything that swarms on the earth to make a distinction between the unclean and the clean and between the edible creature and the creature which is not to be eaten. Okay, so now let's read what some of those clean and unclean animals are. Leviticus 11.2 says, These are the creatures which you may eat from all the animals that are on the earth. Whatever divides a hoof thus making split hooves, and choose the cud among the animals that you may eat. Nevertheless, you are not to eat of these among those which chew the cud or among those which divide the hoof. The camel, for though it chews the cud, it does not divide the hoof, is unclean to you. The following verses also then list the rock badger and a rabbit. And then in verse 7, we come to the prohibition we're all familiar with. Quote, the pig... For though it divides the hoof, thus making a split hoof, it does not chew cud. It is unclean to you. You shall not eat their flesh nor touch their carcasses. They are unclean to you. Unquote. So those are some of the dietary laws. And as we noted, they are not part of the Ten Commandments. And another thing to understand is there were also animals designated clean and unclean for the purposes of sacrifice. Now, I have to admit I'm not certain, but I think the same animals that were designated clean and unclean for eating were also clean or unclean for the purpose of sacrifice. So, Scott, as you ask, the commandments about what was clean and unclean for the Israelites are mainly in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, passages related to the Lord giving Moses the law. Thus, they were not part of the Ten Commandments. But then with that said, that generated another very interesting question. And that question was related to the following passage. Scott, read Genesis 7, verses 1 through 3. Okay, it says, Then the Lord said to Noah, Enter the ark, you and all your household, for you alone I have seen to be righteous before me in this time. You shall take with you of every clean animal by sevens, a male and his female, and of the animals that are not clean, two, 
a male and his female, also of the birds of the sky by sevens, male and female, to keep offspring alive on the face of all the earth. So, given what we've already discussed, is there anything curious in what you just read? Yeah. God is giving Noah instructions about taking clean and unclean animals on the ark. Mm -hmm. But this is long before God gave Moses and the Israelites the law. Right. So what is the Lord referring to when he identifies animals as clean and unclean? Well, that was exactly the question that came up in our Bible study as well. What commandments did Noah have that designated some animals as clean and some unclean? A very interesting question, because we have nothing in the first six chapters of Genesis indicating any such laws. Now, of course, critics of the Bible simply claim that this is an example of an error in the Bible. They say the biblical documents were edited over and over again through the centuries. And so some editor, after the days of Moses, added the idea of clean and unclean animals on the ark to the Genesis account. Are you talking about the JEPD theory of biblical criticism? <laughs> yes, that or something similar. <laughs> the idea is, frankly, just like evolution. They claim the literature went through many changes. It evolved over time. Mm. And of course, those changes were all accomplished without any involvement from a supernatural God. Of course not. To them, the Bible is a purely man-made book. There is no such thing as inspiration or inerrancy. However, there is no necessary contradiction between what is recorded in Genesis 6 and Leviticus 11 or any other history recorded in the Old Testament. In fact, I have a question for you, Scott. Would the designations of clean or unclean animals that God referred to in Genesis 6 have anything to do with what Noah and his family could or could not eat? Um, well, wait a minute. No, they didn't eat animals at all back then. At least they weren't supposed to, right? Right. God gave man permission to eat meat after the flood. So as far as dietary regulations are concerned, there was no need for designating some animals clean and others unclean. This is getting even more curious. <laughs> I agree, but that doesn't mean there's not a sensible answer. But instead of me just offering an answer, let's read more of the biblical account and let everyone maybe find the answer for themselves. Let's start reading again in Genesis chapter 7, starting at verse 7. Okay, Genesis 7, 7. Then Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him entered the ark because of the water of the flood. Of clean animals and animals that are not clean, and birds and everything that creeps on the ground. There went into the ark to Noah by twos, male and female, as God had commanded Noah. Okay, but were there only two, or perhaps two pair, of every kind of animal getting on the ark? Well, no. We read earlier in chapter 7 that God said take two of the unclean animals, but take seven of the clean animals and birds. But why did you say perhaps two pairs of the animals? Well, Scott, because some Hebrew scholars suggest that the language could mean two of each kind is referring to two breeding pairs. In other words, two males and two females. And frankly, I favor that interpretation, but that's not the point right now. The thing to note is there were seven, or as I tend to think, seven pairs of the clean animals on the ark. But regardless, all these pairs of birds and animals survived the flood by being on the ark. And then we come to Genesis chapter 8, 
which tells us what happened immediately after Noah and his family disembarked from the ark. Read verse 20. Genesis 8.20, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. So here again is this designation of clean animals. But what is it in reference to? Sacrifice. Noah sacrificed clean animals and birds to the Lord. Exactly. So this didn't have anything necessarily to do with eating them. Nope. In fact, notice Noah offered them as burnt offerings, so he probably offered the entire body of the animal on the fire, not holding any portion back. And that makes sense, because the Lord hadn't given Noah permission to eat meat yet. God made that change in the dietary habits of man in chapter 9. The events in chapter 9 occur after what we're reading about in Genesis chapter 8. So let's consider the designation of birds and animals being clean that Noah sacrificed immediately after the flood. There is no record of God giving any kind of instructions to the pre-flood patriarchs concerning what was clean or unclean with respect to their sacrifices to him. However, the issue of acceptable or unacceptable is prevalent in Genesis, in particular chapter 4, where Abel's sacrifice was accepted and Cain's was not. Now, we could discuss a lot of details surrounding that event, but all I want to focus on for our purposes is the principle of acceptable versus unacceptable sacrifice, and we see that it was established long before Noah's day. So you're suggesting that there may have been animals regarded as clean and unclean for sacrifice. Well, actually, I'd simply say there were sacrifices that were considered clean, or put another way, acceptable for sacrifice to the Lord. How they were designated that way, we don't know, because the Bible doesn't record that kind of detail. But apparently, the distinction did exist. And that was long before any dietary laws were given to Moses for the Israelites to obey. However, it could be that those ancient designations of what was acceptable or clean for sacrifice to the Lord were related to what the Lord then identified as clean and unclean for the purposes of food for the Israelites. Remember, I had pointed out earlier that the concept of clean and unclean animals for sacrifice was also part of the Mosaic Law. There were obvious, specific requirements the Lord made in the law for various kinds of sacrifice. We would certainly understand those animals to be clean animals. You mean like sheep or goats or cows? That's right. There were lots of sacrifices that involved those creatures. But without listing them all, there's an interesting reference to animals that were not acceptable for sacrifice because they were unclean. These verses we'll read are in a section of the law that is prescribing how the value of something given for collateral on a debt was valued. Scott, read Leviticus 27.9. Now, if it is an animal of the kind which men can present as an offering to the Lord, any such that one gives to the Lord shall be holy. And I'll read verse 11. If, however, it is any unclean animal of the kind which men do not present as an offering to the Lord, then he shall place the animal before the priest, and the priest shall value it as either good or bad. So what this short little passage indicates is, during the period of the law, it wasn't just food. Sacrifices were also considered clean or unclean. 
Could it be that this was based on the designations which existed way back before the flood? Distinctions Noah was aware of and which the Lord referred to when he instructed Noah to take seven of the clean animals in contrast to just two of the other kinds of animals. And what would be the purpose of taking seven or seven pairs of the clean animals on the ark? (laughs) Well, let's say Noah just took two sheep on the ark, a male and a female. Sacrificing one of them would have meant their extinction. Uh Uh-oh. And as one of the important sources of food was going to be meat after the flood, after all, it would take time to grow crops for food, an ample supply of breeding animals was crucial in order for both clean animals and man to survive. Noah gave acceptable sacrifices to the Lord in worship and gratitude for the Lord's protection. And Genesis 8.21 records the Lord's response. And the Lord smelled the soothing aroma. And the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground on account of man. And that's not what I say. That's what scripture says.